So I have a very important question for you. How do you start each day? Do you start it off with a positive mindset? Or do you wake up every morning just full of dread and doom? So what I want to offer you is a chance to change your entire mindset. I want you to head over to www.theqchat.com and go ahead and check out my 7-Day Motivational. It's a quick and simple guide just to help you flip your mindset. Go ahead and change the narrative. You can start off each day thinking positively. You are the master of your fate. So go ahead and master each day to think positively. A positive mindset can bring you to a higher level of success and happiness. So go over to my website, www.theqchat.com and go ahead and click on shop and grab your seven day motivational. And you can also grab some free merch while you're at it. There's a wonderful free worksheet available just for you and a free seven day motivational map. So don't delay. Go ahead to www.theqchat.com. Go queen. Hey, so thank you guys for joining yet another episode of the Q Chat Podcast. I have a very, the energy is already, I already feel it. So <laughs> get ready guys, is with the singer and she's also a breastfeeding advocate and a mental health advocate and her name is Miss Anuta Sun. So how are you doing sis? I am doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Like I said, when we were chatting before I hit record, I'm like, I already, I already know this is going to be great. I already feel the energy. We vibing. It's going to be good. <laughs> so yes. I could talk all day. So I'll let you start off first. So tell everybody, because I, I hit on some brief points, you know, about breastfeeding and things like that. So tell everyone what your platform is. Okay, so I am definitely a breastfeeding advocate. I began, you know, advocating maybe in 2016. Whenever I had my son, I lived in Denver, Colorado for a little while, and um, they were a lot more accepting. And then my transition back to Louisiana, I felt very uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. that's what caused me to like just get on social media. And I was kind of like in your face with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know. You're going to see it. You're going to accept it. And um, I even found myself uh, at one point, I worked in New Orleans for a little while and uh, a a lady was having a fit about a young lady breastfeeding her child in the store. And I had to stand up for her, you know, and in that moment, I knew that that was a part of my purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. is to speak up for women like myself, like yourself, you know, who, you know, breastfeed, we shouldn't have to, you know, be ashamed of it or made to feel like um, it's not normal because it's the most natural and healthiest way to nurture your baby, you know? And I, like I was telling you before we started recording, I mean, I breastfed all three of my children. And when I was obviously about to become a mother, it wasn't even an option for me to not breastfeed. Like I was like, I'm going to breastfeed, you know, it's just, that was just my thing. I do know I definitely had some instances where I breastfed in public and no, I wasn't all exposed, but people would be like, you know, looking, I know there's been other instances where when I, when my children were younger and um, they'd be like, oh, wow, look at that big old healthy baby. And, you know, then just in conversation, it'd be like, you know, I strictly breastfeed. Really? 
your baby yeah. that big fine you know as if i'm starving you know it's just i don't know it's just strange to me that there's still a level of ignorance and mind you like i said i got some years on you my kids are like it's a year it was literally a, over a decade since i've breastfed a child you know but yeah. the fact that i'm hearing from you that is still taking place where it's like taboo and discomfort like i just i don't understand that yeah and we experience it even within our families you know going to like family gatherings and things like that you know before covid um you know, people would look at me a little, you know, a little funny. And they're like, how long are you going to breastfeed? I would, they had the audacity to ask, you know, why are you still breastfeeding? He's more, he's over one year, one year old, one year old or whatever. And, you know, I, I did extend, I did extended breastfeeding with my son because it was a bond, you know, that we had and it just, he wasn't ready. And I knew I wasn't ready. And he let me know when he was ready you know, mm -hmm. and um, because I was forced to stop breastfeeding my um, my oldest son. So mm -hmm. I did not want to, you know, break that bond between me and my youngest and my daughter just made a year old and I, I still breastfeed her, you know, mm -hmm. and whenever she's ready, that's whenever, you know, I'm gonna, you know, let it go. I think that she's, you know, kind of given a little bit of signs that she's ready to, you know, venture off on her own and, you know, yeah. but I definitely have to speak up for uh, ladies like myself because um, breastfeeding, it helps with postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. um, it helps with, you know, that uh, losing a little bit of, shedding a little bit of weight after, you know, you have baby, definitely helps with that. And it um, gives your baby the best start you know, it's a, to their lives, you know, it helps with brain development, you know, and it helps their little organs, you know, develop. And it's like, how could there be another choice? I have to respect, you know, women's choices whenever, you know, they decide to formula feed because breastfeeding right. is hard. It's hard for yeah. some. It was difficult for me. And I felt like I was going to fall into a depression, but because I didn't quit, you know, I did get the hormones that I needed and I avoided postpartum depression. You know, because when I first, when I breastfed my oldest son, I had to stop abruptly because um, I ended up back in the hospital and mm -hmm. I ended up suffering with postpartum depression and I wasn't diagnosed until a year after, Oh wow! you know, so I was suffering. I was suffering in silence. I didn't know what I was dealing with. And I finally decided to speak up about it, you know, and talk to my doctor about it because I had to save myself, you know, for my children, you know. And I'm glad that you broke down the benefits of breastfeeding because, like I said, I think it's kind of weird that it's still a debate anyway. And, you know, obviously, I don't knock anyone that's formula fed their child because it is a choice. But I don't feel that anyone, like, looks at someone that's formula feeding and tries to shame them, you know. <laughs> but if you're breastfeeding, it's like, oh, my God, especially if you do it in public. And it is true, like. I know sometimes if, you know, you have people in your family that may have not done it or they'll have the judgy part as far as, well, when are you going to stop? Oh, that child's still on the titty. You know, I'm from the South. That's that's what they say. You know, mm -hmm. like, you still yep. got that child on that titty. It's like, seriously, you know, and it's, I can see if it's like, it's not a 10-year-old, it's a one-year-old. That's still a toddler. <laughs> so that's the part that really trips me out. And I know... Like I said, I breastfed all three of mine. Only one of my kids, I kind of felt like, okay, I'm ready to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when is this going to be over? Um, but for the most part, 
it really wasn't just this torturous experience like oh I'm right I just I don't like it it, just, it wasn't that serious at all you know I mean and I also was one of those mothers especially with my first child where I was really focused on the health benefits you know things like that you know what would just be best for my child too and it just was never an option for me and I always thought it was the best thing to breastfeed quite frankly and I felt like I could see the growth like I saw like you know I had healthy kids you know I had thick children you know <laughs> they didn't really get sick that much or whatever so I was like okay I felt out like okay I have a part of that yes yes absolutely absolutely with your breastfeeding advocacy what what's the what other level have you taken at as far as being a huge advocate for breastfeeding and standing up for mothers so I've actually gone viral a few times because I use photography um, as a way I was using in the past photography as a way to um, advocate <laughs> breastfeeding. It was kind of like in your face, it disturbed some of my family, but um, I decided to go ahead and partner up with like other um, Instagram accounts, you know, um, and, you know, I allowed them to use my picture and use me and my son to, you know, advocate for breastfeeding. And I would go ahead and answer. I like to make it personable and personal with mothers and let them know that you can do it. And so many women would DM me, message me, ask me questions. And while I have my son in my arms breastfeeding, I'm sitting there answering the questions because I wish I would have had that help. I was told to quit. I was told to give give it up, you know, but I, I didn't. My husband was so supportive and, you know, with that, some women don't have that support, you know, so I would, I like to step in and, you know, give that support personally to them. I think one other important note to make, because I know like we mentioned how we don't, women in general, I feel like don't necessarily judge women who choose to farm their feet. One important note is some women literally cannot breastfeed. There's issues where they can't do it. And also to not, on the flip side, don't beat yourself up if, you know, you're a new mother and you just simply cannot for whatever physical reason. And I've witnessed that on the flip side, because I also used to work in childcare for quite some years. And I know there was one incident where there was a parent and she just, she couldn't really produce milk and she was sobbing one day over it. And I don't yeah. feel like anyone should put themselves through that much stress over it like you're not a bad mother if you have to formula feed like I don't feel like on the flip side yeah I do feel breastfeeding is 100% important because I've done it and I know the benefits but on the flip side I don't feel anyone should beat themselves up either if they can't do it to just you know because I kind of feel like some people kind of you know especially when you're a new mother you kind of rate everything you do like, oh, yeah. if I don't do this correctly, I'm a bad mom. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, but it's okay if you can't to, you know. So I think that's one important thing I guess people should know to be comfortable with. And how old are your kids, all three of them? How old are they? My oldest is eight. My middle child is four. And my baby is one. <laughs> so they're nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So yeah, you're definitely fresh with it. Like I said, I haven't breastfed a child in over a decade. So <laughs> yeah. my youngest is going to be 12 on Monday, actually. So even though I can remember like it was yesterday. Now with him, I actually stopped breastfeeding him. I want to say the week he made one. But with that particular child, you know, your body changes. When I had my first two kids, I was in my 20s. When I had him, I was uh, maybe 
30-ish. Yeah, I was a little early 30-ish, but still in between or whatever. And I know with him, it was just different. He was like a voracious eater in general. And I felt like I just did not have enough milk in general. So he was the only child who I did like a combination of both. So he had breast milk and formula because he just was like, I felt like I had given birth to like a little bear or something and I had no issue feeding other two but him I was like I don't I'm like I can't humanly possibly I, there's no way humanly possible I can produce that much milk that's how much he ate yeah. wow <laughs> so yeah, I was like at one I was like yeah buddy we done <laughs> I'm like I can't do this anymore because I'm like you you just like I gave birth to a little man with him. so I was like it's kind of impossible so yeah. I know that, you know, obviously breastfeeding is a big part of your platform, but I know you have other platforms that are like super important that I'm really digging. So I know in addition to the breastfeeding, you also are a singer, which we're going to touch on that, but also you are an advocate with a platform that's close to my heart too, and that's mental health. So I know you and I, you know, we broke it down and talked about a few things. So let's go and talk about mental health. I know you did touch on, you also have postpartum depression and didn't find out until a year later. So let's talk about, you know, your journey with mental health. So my journey began actually in 2015. I was having, this is like after I was um, diagnosed with postpartum depression. Um, I didn't take that seriously. Like, you know, I didn't, I, I come from a family where it's like mental health issues. They aren't really real. You can right. pray about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Typical yeah. black family. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't take it seriously. But then in 2015, I had a situation where I was, I just lost, you know, control of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's really whenever I began to find myself and take care of myself. And I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So mm -hmm. I had been diagnosed with postpartum depression um, soon after it was a severe depression. And then um, I was finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder um, by my family doctor. So mm -hmm. once he let me know, you know, what it is that I was dealing with, because I had been trying to figure it out, you know, um, I was able to find ways to help myself you know, express myself and take care of myself. And a lot of people think bipolar disorder, oh, you're crazy, you don't know how to act, you know, um, you know, things like that. But what I deal with is, you know, feeling really sad for no reason, mm. you know, and there's no reason behind it. And it will, it will like, you know, paralyze you. Mm. You know, and so it's not um, that I'm like crazy or sporadic or anything like that. It's just that the depression hits and when it hits, it hits, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and it feels like you're drowning and you can't, you can't breathe, you know, and mm. you're just waiting to take that breath of air. And I found myself going through those episodes. And at one point I hadn't dealt with the episode for over a year. You know, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe, you know, I'm better. And then all of a sudden it hit hard again. Mm. And so I feel like we, a lot of people don't take it. Oh, I'm sorry. A oh, lot okay. of people don't take it seriously. They, they say, um, you know, oh, I'm bipolar because of a mood, a mood change, you yeah. know, or, 
you know, they make, they kind of make fun of it. Like the way that Kanye West is in the media when yeah. dealing with bipolar disorder, they make fun of it. It's like, it's a joke. And it's like, no, there are a lot of people like us who are suffering, you know, oh, yeah. and, you know, and, and I want people to know that you don't have to suffer. You know, you don't have yeah. to suffer. And I, I'm, so many things you said. Number one, I do feel, and I've said this on so many past episodes where we've discussed mental health is, unfortunately, in the Black community, and that's one of the reasons I'm a huge advocate for mental health, and I try to erase stigmas just on this show alone, is because in the African-American community, we are so conditioned to pray everything away. And like I said, I'm careful when I say that, because I don't want to offend anyone, but it's you can't pray away mental health I'm, I just that's me I'm sorry like I said I don't want to offend anyone but you cannot pray depression away I'm not knocking prayer but there are mental health disorders and that needs to be treated okay sometimes with medication definitely therapy but I just feel like that's where the stigma starts is because that alone it's like oh well you depressed but you you know you're not praying hard enough it's like you know, that part gets me, um, in addition, just what you said about bipolarism, I feel like that particular mental disease alone is kind of like railroaded a lot. People definitely do make fun of it a lot. They kind of use, they definitely use it in the wrong context all the time. And it's very offensive, actually, whether you have it or not. If you're an advocate for mental health, to me, that would offend anyone, just the way that people railroad it and you know make fun of it first of all no mental health disorder to me is anything that should be made fun of but you know unfortunately that is the case um I had a past mental health therapist months ago and we discussed like just the terminology of crazy that label alone ticks me off you know <laughs> but now, as far as when you first were diagnosed, how did you feel like when the doctor confirmed what was going on? And like, and before he did diagnose it, did you feel like, okay, something's not right. Let me make sure I discuss with him just to figure out what is going on. Like, take me to like, how did you feel just getting diagnosed? How, what, how did you accept it? Did you have any issues accepting it? Um, I didn't have issues accepting it because I knew that something wasn't right. You know, exactly what you said, you know, um, I knew that something wasn't right within my mind. I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't control how I felt and I felt completely out of control. And so I had to make sure I took care of myself because I had, you know, two children. Um, well, I had one son at the time and I had to make sure that, you know, he wasn't affected negatively. You know, and honestly, when I was younger, my mom really wanted to take care of me. And she actually asked me to go to the doctor as a teenager. And I said, no, I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, no, I'm not crazy. And, you know, and my brother, who was a huge influence in my life, he was telling me, you know, mental health isn't real. You know, all you, you're going to be all right. You just have to control your mind. You have to take control of yourself. And I'm like, how am I supposed to control this? You know, I can't control this. Look at me plugging up my charge. <laughs> it's it's but yeah, I'm like, you know, how can I control this? You know, I need help. And once I admitted that to myself, I was able to get the help that I needed. 
you know, I was able to start taking care of myself. It was always easy to accept. Well, see, that's good because I feel like at least you got to that step. I feel like so many people are walking around with a mental health disorder that is untreated. And I think it's more common than we realize that we encounter a lot of people that have that are suffering from a mental health disorder. They haven't gotten it treated. Either they don't realize what they're dealing with is a disorder or sometimes, like I said, some people have it in their mind world. I'm not going to a therapist. I'm not going to talk about this with a doctor. It's white people stuff. I just feel like there's so many yeah. levels to that stigma involved. I know therapy alone, I feel like we, we're kind of finally in a stage where people do discuss therapy. And I think more of us do discuss going to a therapist or whatever, but I definitely still think there's that that peanut gallery that's like, oh, you know, you're going to therapy and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, you're going to tell people about your business and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, what's wrong with something's wrong with you? And it's like, honestly, something is wrong with me at this time. You know what I mean? Something is wrong with me, you know? So I need help. And maybe, you know, me finding the courage to do this uh, will encourage you to look at it in a different way. Because once they begin to see the results, they open up their mind. They're like, hmm, you know, you are, you know, taking it a little bit easier. You're doing a little bit better. Maybe I should look into it. You know, because it's not, it shouldn't be, you should, if you can go sit down with the doctor and tell the doctor what's hurting your leg, what's hurting your back, you can go and tell a doctor, your therapist, your psychiatrist, you can go and tell them what's, you know, what's aching your mind so that they can help you, you know? I love That's, how you said that. Yeah. I love that. And I actually was telling someone, I feel like your mental health needs a tune-up just like we're supposed to get a cleaning every six months, just like you're supposed to see a primary care physician on a regular basis. You know, as women, we're supposed to see our gynecologist on a regular basis, but no one ever talks about make sure you heal your mind on a regular basis. Exactly. Especially all the things that I think now of all time, if people didn't really realize the stigmas and the taboos that need to be removed from mental health, I think this year alone, should have taught some people some lessons. Like, this is a rough year. I mean, I say it all the time. If you don't, this could really F you up mentally this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, I know I have to recharge a lot, you know, yes. because I'm like, this is some hard ish that we are going through, you know? And it's like, if you're not mentally centered, and especially if you have a fragility in your mental health, I mean, this is a terrible year to deal with any type of undiagnosed or untreated mental health issues because this is a rough time you know so I love how you said that about what's aching your mind because so many people I feel they're suffering in silence and they don't have to exactly and that's what makes me so sad that so many people are suffering in silence because you know a lot of people are walking around with feelings of worthlessness Mm. And they don't understand why they can't keep a job. They don't understand why their self-esteem is affected. They don't understand why, you know, their sex life is suffering. They don't understand. And a lot of it has to do with the chemicals that are in your mind. You got to make sure that they're balanced. You have to make sure that you're okay. And then once you acknowledge it, you're able to get the help that you need to correct it. And you can begin to live a, a happier, healthier life, you know? Right. 
And you hit so many points. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I push self-love because, and I know like everyone's on the self-love kick and I even posted a few weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, you know, everyone's on the self-love kick because it's popular, but Mm -hmm. there's work involved. You can't just wake up. I can't just wake up tomorrow and say, hey, you know, I think I'm worthless. I don't realize my value, but tomorrow I'm going to change all that by Thursday in the next less than 24 hours. I'm just going to adopt self-love and that's it. No, not if you don't seek a a therapist to heal your mind, like you said, to get rid of some of those demons, that toxic behavior that we pick up sometimes because we're trying to figure out what's wrong. So we mask it in a lot of unhealthy ways. No, like it's not going to happen without the work. And I think some people don't understand that your mental health therapy those are just how we treat our bodies. That is part of the work involved, you know, in order to get to self-love, in order to get out of that that funk. I like to say the filth sometimes that we live in, you know, because we're suffering and we're broken. And if you don't fix it or heal it, it's terrible. It's a it's a wound, an unhealed wound, and all it's gonna do is fester and spread. And that's like everyone deserves better, you know. And that's the sad part that because of the stigmas and the taboos or sometimes the ignorant family or sometimes even our ignorant friends, yeah. we don't realize that we're better and that we should heal and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, exactly. There's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. And whenever um, I was diagnosed, I really realized there are so many different ways that you can cope. And uh, this is a fact. A lot of um, people who deal with, you know, bipolar disorder, they are creatives, you know, mm-hmm. so they have more of a creative niche. A lot of people with mental health issues, you know, and that is because being creative and expressing yourself through art, through song, through, you know, playing musical instruments, writing poems, just writing in your journal, just expressing it, it helps. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to sit in your therapist's face. Uh, five days a week, you know what I mean? You know, you can use, you know, other avenues and coping mechanisms to, you know, assist with, you know, lifting that weight off of your shoulders. It feels like such a relief, you know, whenever I'm writing a song, whenever I'm painting, you know, even when I'm breastfeeding, it gives me a moment to just, you know, woosa, you know, and just take that, you know, take that breath, that moment to myself. It's important for mothers. It's important for girlfriends, fiancés, wives, single women. It's important for all of us to make sure that we remember, you know, ourselves. I've been single. I've been (laughs) married, divorced, a single mother, married again. Like I've been through the wire. So, you know, I I stand for women and I stand for empowerment. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And I like another point you mentioned about creatives and mental health because I feel like and I think we've all watched you know a documentary or a movie about a comedian or a singer and we're like wow or watched their autobiography or something we're like wow they went through a lot of stuff I think too with creatives there's so many things going on you know you have so many talents that's why a lot of times when I hear like maybe a mental health issue or something with an extremely creative person like and I know we talked about it off recording like Kanye West for example it doesn't nothing really surprises me only because he's extremely talented 
you know, so I just feel like sometimes I just like Donnie Hathaway, for example, he had mental health issues, you know, I just feel like sometimes when people are so creative, they have so much going on upstairs in that brain, you know, and it's, it's sad to see, but can you imagine what a person has to be going through mentally anyway to, to produce some of the amazing, unique things that no one else would have thought of? <laughs> so Exactly. It's just something else to think about. So I know something else that you mentioned was just how you do cope. And so let's talk about a lot of the things that you do in order to cope, because I think that's another thing that people kind of don't talk about a lot. Just everyone talks about maybe mental health or when people are diagnosed, but I think the next steps kind of like <laughs> go to they the bad side, you know, and that's another thing, like I mentioned too, with self-love and the whole self-love movement, it's, just, it's more than just a saying, it's more than just a cute IG post, you know, it's the work involved. So what are some of the ways that you do cope with your mental health? Well, first of all, the I love your the reason why I love your platform is because the first thing that I wanted to do after being diagnosed was research. I wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, how other people are dealing with it. And honestly, there isn't that much information, you know, from personal experience out there. You know, so I love your platform because it gives, you know, women like myself, you know, the opportunity to you know, educate other women and let them know, you know, you're not alone. And this is, I've dealt with the same thing, sis, you know, so, and, and you can get through it. You can survive it because honestly, it is a matter of life and death when it comes to mental illness, because you, if you go forward, not taking care of yourself, you may end up in a place where, you know, you can subsequently end your own life. It has happened. I have been, I've been affected. Um, three people that I, I knew and I grew up with have committed suicide this year alone. 2020 has been hard, tough on a lot of people. And, you know, platforms like yours gives um, women the opportunity to be educated to feel like there is someone out there who actually understands, you know. Um, and then the second thing I did was, you know, kind of look for Google, of course, get on Google, look for ways that I can deal with it. What's the best way to deal with this and deal with that? So the first thing is exercising. And then um, I don't do that. I don't exercise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exercise, I can't lie, I don't exercise, but I do meditate, I do read, I do paint, and I make my music. My music is my passion, and um, I make groovy music, I make I have a bounce song, you know, I, I make all kind of music to make you feel good, you know, to make you want to put it on your stereo, put it on your radio, whatever, and, you know, just feel good, just bounce around the house, like, while you're cleaning, just, you know. You know, get your get your little groove on. You know, it, it uplifts your music. It, it it makes you feel like you're in a different place. You know, in that moment, whenever you let it take over you, and that's what I intend to do with my music. Just allow it to take over. You know, and make people feel good, feel happy, even for three minutes. <laughs> music music heals, which I'm gonna have to show you a T I have that says music heals because it really does. Like music is so therapeutic for me personally I know like this is a few months ago I was having when I say like a horrible day mentally 
And I did something that people shouldn't do. Like I took it to social media and I took it down, but the, the minutes I had it up was enough for people to message me. I had several people like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> texting me, inboxing me. You know, one of my friends was like, I'll throw on some music, you know, listen to some music. And I did like later that day, like I threw on some music, I cooked. <laughs> it's like, and I felt 100% better, but yeah. coping though, I feel like, another, you know, another thing, I used to watch this show, um, Intervention a lot, and that was mm-hmm. about the people, you know, you know, obviously with the drug addiction, and I always would find something very interesting about like the first portion of the show where they would break down the child, the person from childhood up to their addiction. Every single one of those people, for the most part of those shows, always had something tragic that had happened to them. Yes. Mostly as a child that was never addressed or healed. And that's one of the ways that they cope, you know, whether it was alcohol or drugs. So, and that's another thing, too, that I feel like people don't really address, you know, even with addicts. It's also a mental health, uh, some trauma, which trauma is a is a mental health disorder too. Post-traumatic stress, like I've said all the time, like I do a post-traumatic stress, is something that can be dealt with in negative ways, things that, you know, aren't a positive way. I know I had to get to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to rely on alcohol, even if I'm having a down day, even if it's something as simple as a glass of wine. Like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of careful with that, too, because I'm like, if I'm having a down day, I don't want to be conditioned to, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Because mm-hmm. that one glass can turn into three, you know? And I know, like, earlier this year when COVID happened, oh, my God, <laughs> I was drinking like crazy, you know? Yeah. Not to the point where I couldn't control myself, but I was like, you know, I don't want to end up getting so wrapped up in this because I'm using that as a coping mechanism because I'm like that could lead into something bad so I know like as we discussed with one of your coping mechanisms which when people do view this so whenever I do record the episodes now I try to make sure (laughs) to say things for the people that are going to be listening to this fully audio but for my video folks for people that's going to be watching she has some beautiful paintings behind her so talk about how you mentioned, and I love that bottom one because all I see is Lauren Hill in my mind. So <laughs> yes, that is the inspiration. Right, because that's all I see. So tell mm-hmm. us about how you have used art as a form of coping. I know you obviously mentioned singing, but let's also talk about the visual art that you also participate in. Okay. Beautiful. Like I said, I love that bottom picture. Yes, I love it. I love it. So this one helped me get through um, a rough day, you know, and I just like kind of like went at it. This was originally supposed to be for um, this was a commissioned painting, but I I loved it too much. So I had to keep it. (laughs) This one up here, this one actually represents mental illness. And that's why it's so um, it's really special to me because this it represents, you know, feeling blue, feeling down, the sadness that comes with bipolar disorder. This is the rage in the middle because you deal with feelings of rage. And then her over here, yellow and pretty, she represents, you know, that there's a manic phase that, you know, we can experience where we feel 
uh, feelings of, you know, I can take over the world right now. And you feel like you can do anything. You're extremely happy, you know, and that's what she represents. And all of them individually, you know, they're each beautiful, you know, in their own way, you know, and you can... You can be, it's a, and I want people to know, like, it's okay to feel agitated. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel those happy feelings. And resisting it makes it worse. You know, it, it really makes it harder for you. You can't resist it. You have to express it. But in a, you have to make sure you express it in a positive way. Make sure that you don't look for, you know, outside ways to deal with it, but more so things that are going to benefit your body, benefit your mind. You know, cooking is definitely a way to cope. Think about, you know, a healthier lifestyle. I've always, you know, started, I, I get on Snapchat and I post, you know, like my little healthy eats and stuff like that, you know, thinking I'm Tabitha Brown, right? <laughs> but I mean, the cooking is a good way. Painting is a good way. Writing it down, just keeping a journal is a good way, you know, to to cope with it. Because I mean, going to drugs, going to alcohol, um, alcoholism runs in my uh, family. Unfortunately, you know, I've dealt with a lot of family members who kind of depend on it, but um, it doesn't have it doesn't have to be that, you know. Those are the times when you can pray. Because praying is a way to cope, but praying doesn't heal it because you still, you're still dealing with it. But prayer is a great way to cope, you know, just talking, you know, to the Lord, talking to your God, talking, you know, and telling them, you know, telling God how you're feeling, what you're dealing with, you know, and, you know, just releasing those feelings, those emotions. I pray every day. I get up in the morning, I go on my balcony and I have a beautiful view. So I'm able to, you know, feel that connection. And I just, you know, just, to, I, 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 I speak affirmations, but I, mainly what I speak is like, you know, Lord, I don't want to deal with this, 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 and this today. <laughs> I have to tell him that, Lord, protect me from the following because I don't want to have to deal with this today. And then I speak about how I want my day to go, you know, and setting those intentions and, and speaking affirmations, it helps you. It will help. It will affect your mind because you'll begin to see your day from a different perspective, you know, makes it clear for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm big on positive mindsets. I talk about that a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, just to touch on prayer locks, like I said, I want to be really careful when I mention prayer in general, because um, when I say, because I've discussed this in past episodes, because, you know, the African-American community, we tend to dismiss mental health and say, oh, we'll just pray about it. So I just definitely want to be careful when I say you can't pray with a mental illness to not minimize the power of prayer. I do feel that every individual should have a link to a higher power, no matter what it is you believe in, because everyone needs to believe in something, yes. number one. And I just heard something recently a few days ago about how can you how can you live if you think you're the only highest power in the world anyway? Like you have to have something above you in order yeah. to believe. And I do believe in that. So prayer meditation I feel is important. Obviously, people know just if pe people who listen, who follows, you know, Go Queen, the brand, I do the Daily Crown Jewels, you know, because it's important. 
you know, those powerful affirmations because they're reminders. And like you said, you have to be intentional. So, and that's why I'm like, I like how you brought up just the foundation of just Go Queen in general, because it is for us, you know what I'm saying? It's for a woman to tune, tune into the Q chat or to look at the IG page or to grab the book or to even go to the blog and just be like, okay, somebody sees me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because there's no point in suffering in silence. I mean, I can't really stress that enough. Like there's no need to suffer in silence. And I'm glad that, you know, you brought up some positive ways of coping, you know, cause like I said, I had to have some moments where I was like, okay, girl, you don't need to come home and drink because you're having a stressful day or yeah. you don't need to go grab a daiquiri because you're so stressed, you know, or because you need to sleep it off. Like that's not healthy at all. You know, and yeah, we've lost a lot of people that have committed suicide because they can't take it anymore. And the sad part is, I get it. I've definitely had some moments where I'm like, wow, is this really life? You know, especially this year. This year is so heavy. You know, I just, it's really hard. You know, there's a lot of moments that I'll, you know, I'm like, is this really life? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, I know me personally, and my PTSD was definitely triggered this year. This was some stuff that went on earlier this year involving personal stuff, family stuff, because yeah. COVID had affected my my family like directly. So it was just like this is hard to deal with, you yeah. know. And I know I had dealt with. I just was having so much stress and anxiety and then PTSD had came back and I felt levels of anger. I was like, okay, it's time to talk to a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's, cause I'm like, I can't deal with this without speaking to someone, you know? And another thing with therapy too, cause even the therapist I started talking to, he's like, well, you know, he was commending how I was redirecting things and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, you know, he was giving me kudos on how I was handling things. So I just wanted to tell people too, like, because I had someone even tell me recently, well, you know, you're not good at managing things. Like, you don't know how I manage stuff, you know, right. behind closed doors just because I may have mastered and I'm at a different level of coping with things. That doesn't minimize you know, I feel like no one can be too strong to talk to a therapist, you know, right. like you have to deal with what is going on because like you said, things could come out too in different ways of coping. Mm -hmm. Sometimes rage is a way of coping with things, you know, sometimes when we act out or, you know, that's a way of coping, you know, so sometimes we don't realize that just little things that we do, just being, being extra agitated, you know, sometimes yeah. the little things will tick a person off all days because there's some stuff, some other stuff going on and it's coming out in different ways, you know? Yeah. So it's just really important for people to kind of have that center, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that way you can kind of, you can be in a stage where you can maybe be easier to understand like, okay, this is something that's off right now. Like this isn't mm -hmm. usually how I, I'm not feeling right. You know, like, I, 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 I feel this trigger. I better get it checked. You know, yeah. so I just feel like mental health really needs to be, like, on the same level. When your tooth hurt, you go to the dentist. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes a year you say, hey, well, I better get that clean and I got to maintain my dental health. But yeah. we don't talk about maintaining that mental health. Like you said, finding out was aching upstairs. You know, it was aching your mind, you know, because yeah. 
that's what fuels us every single day, our mental health. You know, so it's important to be healthy you know, yes. mentally. Yeah. But like I said, I love that painting at the bottom. I'm just like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's so I'm gonna have to send you a print. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, yes. I love it. I and mean, it's just it's absolutely beautiful. Thank so you. I know we talked about your coping, and obviously you're a beautiful artist. So Thank we touched a little bit on the music, but you know, let's round out because I, I was listening, like when you contacted me, and every time like a singer contacts me, of course, the first thing I do is like if they have a YouTube, like, okay, let me go check out the music. <laughs> <laughs> and um when you sent me like a sample, I was like, okay, I think it was like midnight. I was listening. I was like, okay, this is a banger. <laughs> and obviously from New Orleans, bounce music is just like that's ours. I don't care what anyone says. So I just it feel is. like when you just throw something on bounce, even this past Saturday, I was driving and um, it was like a Keisha Cole song, right? And mm. I had been wanting to hear this particular song on a bounce beat because I had heard it like a while ago and uh-huh. they played it. And I'm driving like, yes, <laughs> it's something about a bounce beat. I don't know if it's maybe for New Orleanians. I don't know if people that are from here get the same, get hyped up like we do when we hear a bounce beat. I think they are. I think they are. I think that's why they're taking our stuff. <laughs> true, true, true. Bounce beats are amazing. So I want you to tell everyone, let's start on your musical journey. I definitely want to hear the new things that you're working on. So let's talk about I Knew the Sun, the singer. Absolutely. Thank you. So I knew the son um, basically made her presence known back in 2017. Um, and I talk about her in uh, third person a lot because I am, you know, I'm an individual, Nariel, mommy, wife and all of that. And she is an artist fierce, you know, and basically whenever I decided to take on the music uh, industry, um, I wanted to stay independent own my masters, write my music, write my songs. I write all of my own lyrics and everything. And um, I decided the first thing I wanted to do was um, encourage. So I dropped my first single, Reflection. And it is basically, you know, reminding you to focus on yourself. You know, reminding you to love yourself, you know. Light it up how I'm feeling, I feel all right. Just trying to make it by, I'm just trying to, yeah. <laughs> that's my song. And I have visuals to that that's on YouTube right now. Um, I have the uh, visuals releasing on Saturday. I am featured on a track by rapper If The Fifth, who is also my younger brother. We actually um, collaborate on music a lot. And so Saturday is... Uh, um, is our latest single, well, our first single that we're releasing together on all major platforms. The visuals are dropping with it. Um, this is so special because, like I said earlier, I like to make music to make people feel good. And Saturday is just that track that's going to make you feel so good. You're going to want to watch the visuals over and over again. We actually shot it in the city. We shot it in New Orleans, you know, because New Orleans has a vibe a flavor you know it's you know what i mean and there's no other place like it at all so 
we definitely had to do it in New Orleans. Um, but um, the song that I sent you is called Show Me. It's a, a bounce song. It's featuring um, a lovely singer by the name of Kayante and Joe Jackson. He is a radio host uh, of 105.9 KBZE, The Breeze. And he hyped that track up for me. And he made it sound so good. You know, I love that track. I mean, it's basically a track about telling you not to settle for anything, making a man or a woman prove, you know, why that why they should be with you and prove, you know, that they can actually do the say do the things that they say that they're gonna do. So um, those two tracks are going to be a part of my upcoming EP, Rising of the Sun. That is what I'm working on right now. Um, it'll be releasing uh, May of 2021. I'm taking my time with it because I want it to be perfect can't rush perfection you know so i'm just gonna you know continue to build my fan base i'm uh seeing that a lot of people from new orleans are supporting me dallas california and so right now i'm just building my my fan base seeing who my target audience is connecting with more people like yourself and um yeah that's it i'm i'm excited i'm excited <laughs> I'm excited to hear it because, like I said, I love your music and I love my locals. Like, Kaz May had me crying the other day, which I told her <laughs> on The Voice. Like, my, I'm getting misty now. Like, when they when she made it to the next round, I was like, oh, my God. There's <laughs> something about the 504 singers, you know, it's, it's just different. It hits different when it's, like, from, from New Orleans. This is like, I don't yes. know. It's something about this because, obviously, that's that's our city. You know what I'm saying? That's what our city stands for music. I mean, the heck with the food and everything else and Mardi Gras, like music is music. Like New Orleans. I mean, yeah. so it's just different when, and I've been meeting a lot of musicians, which is a great thing. You know, I love connecting mm -hmm. with musicians, you know, just the creatives, but it's just something about music from New Orleans. It's just like, you can't, you can't beat it at all. Yeah. So, and you said that's coming out in May and the visuals will be out this Saturday on YouTube, right? Now, like I said, this yes. may be, this is going to be pre-taped, but don't worry, I'll make sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be out on Saturday. Now, they can see, they can actually go to YouTube immediately when they see this. So that's even better. Okay, that's awesome. That is awesome. I had so much fun. This is great. This is and great. Like, and like this I said, we are vibing. So as I told you, I, and I get so excited actually towards the end of the show. Like I get sad to a degree because it's like I love when I'm, I'm vibing with people because I, I I'm a chatty Kathy. I can talk on that. Me too. <laughs> the exciting part about the end because it's my favorite part because obviously this is the Q chat, which Q obviously stands for Queen. You know, yeah. the conversation amongst Queens, the Go Queen brand, and I have been incorporating this for the past few months, and I can't wait to hear your answer. So, <laughs> I would like to ask you, how do you define a queen? Ooh, that is a good one. I define a queen as a woman who knows and embraces herself. Flawed and all. <laughs> you know, embraces herself and unapologetically um, reaches for her goals and her dreams. You know, that is one thing that I always, at one point in my life, I didn't feel like 
I would say I'm a queen, but I did not believe it. But when I got to that point where I shed all of the, I was able to, because insecurities aren't going to go away. So a woman who can take her insecurities and turn it into empowerment, you know, that is a queen. That is a true queen who can actually encourage other women and not take her insecurities and put them off on other women, but who can make it personal and grow. You know, that is a queen. A woman like yourself, a woman like myself, you know, I love that. Queens are empowerers. <laughs> It's because it's we 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 don't connect, but it's not a coincidence that the people that I connect with, you know, like it's, it's, it's you know, it's meant to be these yes. and yes. to have these connections on this show because someone is going to listen to this. Are they going to watch it on YouTube and they're going to get fed from what we discuss? So like yes. I said, I absolutely love this chat so but before we end things to make sure you tell people again where they can find you so give everyone all your social media handles definitely the exact youtube name for the channel the, okay. give them everything so they can find you where they can find your music everything yes so um you can find me on youtube by searching anu the sun a-n-u-d-a-s-u-n and um i am on instagram at i am anu the sun um spelled the same way um i'm not hard to find you can google me <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to start using that one like google <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have to say that because I use Google for everything. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it so fast. <laughs> I said that because someone I know she posted an IG. She Googled herself and she was like, well, "What do you find?" I was supposed, "What do you find?" When you Google yourself. So I had always Google go queen, but I uh -huh. Google my actual self. So I was like, "Let me Google myself real quick. Maybe, let me make sure nothing bad pop up." <laughs> it was because obviously the conversations are of course for the audience but I can be a little selfish and be happy when I get some energy too oh I loved it I loved it. I love <laughs> your I energy love talking with yeah. you and everyone make sure you guys check her out Miss I knew this son like I love her energy her music is amazing and definitely like I said listen to this conversation and just remember you know I talk a lot about loving yourself and we've talked about mental health but once again, I, there's, I, I can't stress it enough. Go love yourself and literally love yourself, heal yourself, water yourself, cater to yourself, whatever you have to do, nurture yourself, do yeah. whatever you have to do. Just understand like you are special. And I say that all the time. There's no other I knew. There's no other shrine. That, there's no other you. That's enough reason to celebrate and count it all joy and just understand your value and your worth. You deserve to be here and love yourself like I, I mean that so much if no one has told you today that they love you i love you love yourself yes. like you mean something and yes. your mental health is important treat your mental health like you treat everything else if you're, if you're hurting you're going to go to a doctor or even if you don't go to a doctor you're going to seek a remedy to yes. heal so same thing if you're not feeling right 
I don't care what anyone says, look out for yourself, go love yourself and make sure that you heal your mind find out what's aching your mind. There's no shame involved. So thank you guys again thank for you. joining the key chat. Like I said, I love you guys. This has been a great conversation, but I'm real serious about mental health. So just don't be ashamed and go love yourself. Thank you for listening to the Q Chat podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Queen's Arrogance LLC. Our company website is www.goqueen.com.